Welcome back to another edition of the Raptors Pod Table Podcast. Gil McGregor here with another Next Day Wrap. In a season of highs and lows, I think we've reached another low. The Raptors have now dropped nine in a row, falling to the Houston Rockets 117-99 to on Monday night. But adding a lot of insult to the injury is that the Rockets entered the night on a 20-game losing streak of their own. Obviously, they're pros. Obviously, great leadership in Steven Silas. They were ready to get that breakthrough and get that win, but it comes at the expense of the Raptors, who fall to 17-26 and 26 on the season. The Rockets, on the other hand, moved to 12-30, and 30, and it's interesting to note that when the Rockets' losing streak began, they were 11-10. and 10. And when the Raptors' losing streak that they're currently still on, they were 17-17, and 17. and even more interestingly enough, the Rock, the Raptors' last win came over the Rockets in late February, and here we are in late March, and they are still in search of that elusive win. In the game, Jay Sean Tate, rookie who spent last season in the NBL, led the Rockets with 22 points, six rebounds, five assists. John Wall was eight for 30 from the field, but finished with a triple-double, had 19 points, 11 boards, and 10 assists. Christian Wood was scoreless in the first half, scored 19 points in the second half, and came up in a major way for the Rockets. Head over to NBA.com for takeaways from this one, specifically some things surrounding the Raptors and their performance. They were led by 27 points from Steady Freddie. Fred Van Vliet was 9 for 17 from the field, had a big third quarter, led a third quarter rally for the Raptors. Van Vliet, Lowry, Siakam, and Powell combined to score 84 of the Raptors' 99 points. So outside of those four guys, the offense was pretty lackluster to say the least. OG Ananobi was out in this one, second end of a back-to-back, decided to rest. I'm sure it had something to do with him coming out of the league's health and safety protocols. He did have that calf injury that he sustained and missed extended time with. So just taking the cautious approach with with him and uh, Stanley Johnson started in Ananobi's place, held scoreless under 17 minutes of action. The Raptors' next leading scorer outside of their four guys was Paul Watson, who hit two threes in the first quarter. Chris Boucher, another low-scoring output, four points, 10 rebounds in 22 minutes of action, but the effort was certainly there from him. He was all over the place. It just did not result in too many buckets. Now for the Raptors, one thing that stands out, Fred Van Vliet, Fourth game back from being in the league's health and safety protocols. In the first game, he played 32 minutes. In each of the last three games, he's played 41 minutes. Again, I mentioned his fourth, his third quarter performance really brought things back uh, in within reach for the Raptors. They entered the fourth quarter down two points and then just did not have it in the fourth. They were outscored 29 to 13. So it seems like this team just did not have enough being down one guy, not being able to really rely on these other guys to contribute offensively. And some of the guys spoke on what they needed to do defensively after the game. Fred Van Vliet talked about the team not playing good defense and saying, you know, we got to score more than 99 points if we're not going to play good defense. But also, I think it's a cause for concern and a cause for conversation after the game, whether or not Fred has been playing too much coming back from missing time. Fred Van Vliet and Nick Nurse both spoke on the topic after the game. Well, I, I think that Josh is who he is, man. He's just, um, you know, he's a, he's a super competitor and he just, he just, uh, I think more than anyone missed being out. I think he talked about that a little bit and he just, he just uh, doing everything humanly possible to try to will us to a win. He just needs a, needs a little more help. Um, no, it's just it's just who I am. I'm gonna go out there and lay it all out there, and win, lose, or draw. You know, um, 
I didn't shoot the ball well in Cleveland, but you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to leave my heart on the floor every time I step out there. And, and it's not always pretty, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to help this team win. So, um, obviously, after a back a couple of games, um, I feel like we've lost nine in a row. That's how I feel. My body is, is what it is. I get my rest and my treatment and get ready for another one because the games aren't going to stop coming and nobody feels sorry for it. Everybody wants to, to beat us. Perhaps the biggest story or the biggest question mark surrounding the Raptors this week as it is Tuesday, March 23rd, and the trade deadline comes at 3 p.m. on Thursday, March 25th. Are we watching the last of Kyle Lowry and Norman Powell in a Raptors uniform? The chatter is getting louder and louder. It's starting to make sense with each and every loss. Does this team need to start to build and look towards the future? There have been reports that a Lowry trade is is imminent and a Powell trade is almost inevitable at this point. But you really won't be able to know what it all truly means until Thursday. But if you want to make more sense of it, our Scott Rafferty over at NBA.com has broken down them eloquently as he does so often on what all these rumors mean for Lowry and for Powell and what this could mean for the Raptors moving forward. As I mentioned before, the Raptors with this most recent losing streak fall to 17 and 26 on the season. Again, 11th in the Eastern Conference still in a year like this one. I, it feels like it's it's a broken record at this point. There's, there's a very interesting jumble in the Eastern Conference. The Raptors are 11th. They're five games behind the fourth place Miami Heat. But if you look at this year when the play-in tournament, the 10 teams are in contention for the playoffs with an opportunity to get a playoff spot. The Raptors are just two and a half games behind the Pacers and the Bulls, who are 10th and 9th respectively elsewhere in the eastern conference the heat as i mentioned are fourth the hawks saw their win streak finally come to an end on monday night they are fifth the hornets sixth knicks seventh and celtics eighth there is sure to be a lot of movement over the next two months the nba season is set to end uh, in the second week of may so with just under 30 games remaining for most teams there's a lot that will probably shuffle in the standings. The Raptors obviously are going through a very, very tough stretch right now, but who's to say that they can't make up for lost time as things go on. This is the same team that started off the season two and eight and figured things out. And then we're just dealt a terrible hand with five guys entering the league's health and safety protocols. In addition to the coaching staff entering the health and safety protocols. So this Raptors team, shows that they can have a a little bit extra in the tank. We'll see how this roster transforms over the next week and reassess from there what that means for this team moving forward and their future. I mentioned some of the other results in the Eastern Conference yesterday to touch on those a little bit more. The Cavaliers fall to the Kings after earning a win over the Raptors on Sunday. They lose 119-105 to the Kings. The Charlotte Hornets bounce back inspired performance, clutch performance from Terry Rozier. They earn a 197 road win over the Spurs. A familiar face, DeMar DeRozan, 28 points, 5 assists for the Spurs. Bulls suffer a 25-point home loss to the Jazz who maintain their hold on the West's best record. The Celtics travel to Memphis, lost in overtime to the Grizzlies. John Morant had 29 points and 9 Nine assists in that one. Pacers suffer a blowout loss at the hands of the Milwaukee Bucks, who were without Giannis Antetokounmpo. But Drew Holiday, against his two brothers, stepped up in a big way, had 28 points, 14 assists, five rebounds. We're starting to realize, if you didn't already, why the Bucks were so adamant about bringing him in and why they were willing to part ways with such 
draft capital to make it happen. He will definitely add another dynamic to this team in the postseason. Last but not least, the nightcap. The Atlanta Hawks put their eight-game win streak on the line in Los Angeles as they took on the Clippers. Led by as many as 22 points, Ty Lu went to the second unit. Luke Kennard had a perfect second half, did not miss a shot. The Clippers wind up winning that one by nine points. Now, what does that mean moving forward? It means that everything is still up and down. The Raptors are just as far from a top four pick in the lottery as they are from a play-in position. This team is poised and they could very well get a play-in spot and make things difficult for whoever they were to potentially face in the first round. I think we've learned about this Raptors team and its identity that they are a pain to deal with. They are a pain to eliminate in the postseason. They are a pain to execute against. Regardless, this team has some things it needs to figure out. But again, as they make some roster moves and roster changes ahead of this trade deadline, things could look very different this time next week based on how things go. And that will give you a much better outlook on the way the remainder of the season is going to go. Can't call it rock bottom when this is a franchise who, again, less than two years removed from winning the first ever title in franchise history. And they've had some very, very, very low lows in the past. The franchise record for a losing streak is 17. And you got to think that it won't get that far. Nine is pretty bad. And this team has had opportunities to win. They've had very winnable games. You look back to that Hawks game, which you, you the team led by 15 with not much time left to play. And Tony Snell hits a dagger to deliver the win at the buzzer. And a lot of games earlier in the season, this team probably wishes that it had back. But still, they're still in the picture, which says all you need to know that all you need to do is a chance to get in there, especially in the spirit of March Madness. You see upsets all the time. And this team is primed for it, poised for it. But not all is lost. If it goes the opposite direction, there is a very, very talented draft class moving forward. If you check back a couple episodes ago, Kyle Irving and I were on here with an episode of some names to keep an eye on in March Madness. And a lot of those guys are still in the tournament. So if you're curious about who to keep an eye out on in the 2021 draft, going back a few episodes and we've got you covered with that as well on the Raptors pod table. It gets no easier for the Raptors. They are returning back to Tampa for a three-game homestand, but man, it's three tough opponents beginning tomorrow, Wednesday, March 24th with the Denver Nuggets. Then Friday, they host the Phoenix Suns and then close out the homestand on Sunday against a tough Portland Trailblazers team. The Raptors had a chance to beat the Trailblazers earlier in the year, but Pascal Siakam could not get one to go down the stretch. I believe Siakam also had a bounce back big game against the Suns in their first meeting this year. But again, Suns, too much firepower and too hard to keep up with. But it all starts with Jamal Murray. Would be a homecoming if the Raptors were playing in Toronto, but instead it's happening in Tampa. But it is a momentous night, a momentous occasion in the spirit and in honor of Women's Empowerment Month, which honestly we should be celebrating year round. There will be a groundbreaking historical broadcast crew. Megan McPeak, Kia Nurse, Kayla Gray, Kate Burness, and Amy Audibert will be covering the game in a broadcast crew, first time all-female broadcast crew to cover an NBA game over on TSN, 7.30 p.m., Wednesday, March 24th, Toronto Raptors versus Denver Nuggets. It's the first time, but hopefully not the last time, and the Raptors are always a groundbreaking franchise with the way that they do things and hopefully it starts a precedent and we see other teams follow suit so you don't want to miss that one again 7 30 wednesday march 24th over on tsn the raptors look to 
get over this losing streak and avoid it reaching 10 games as they host the Denver Nuggets, who will be coming in on the second end of a back-to-back. They are actually in Orlando tonight on Tuesday night to take on the Magic. So it'll be uh, at least have the arrest advantage for the Raptors, and they'll likely get OG Ananobi back in the lineup after he sat out on Monday. But again, there will be a lot of trade noise surrounding the team, especially with it being under 24 hours until the trade deadline for everything surrounding the trade deadline and what it means for the Raptors, as well as the rest of the league, head on over to NBA.com. We've got all the rumors, all the stories, all the analysis, all the breakdowns, what makes sense, what doesn't we've got you covered with every single thing. Keep it locked in with the Raptors pod table. If anything is to happen with this Raptors franchise ahead of the trade deadline, we've got you with an emergency breakdown. That is my promise. We will have a breakdown for you as soon as we get the terms of the deal. Make sure to subscribe and rate this Raptors pod table. It will show up right in your feed. And especially in a time like this, when there's a lot of potential for things to be a bound this week, now's the time to do it. No time like the present. Again, Wednesday, March 24th, Raptors, Nuggets, 7.30 p.m., groundbreaking, historical, trailblazing broadcast crew. You don't want to miss it. We'll be back on Thursday, if not sooner, with a next-day recap as the Raptors look to get the monkey off their backs. Thanks for tuning in to the Raptors Pod Table podcast. I'm Gil McGregor. We'll catch you next time.